What's up, everybody? What's up, Dean? How are you? Good, good. Beautiful day. We've had thunderstorms and all kinds of crazy weather in uh, Park City. Not sunny today. LA must be LA must be the only place in the country that is not getting thunderstorms right now. My mom yeah. sent me photos of Dallas, and it's just like crazy. I miss that. I miss it. Yeah, yeah. You know? We're loving it. Like just Southern Cal has, is awesome, right? Because you're the weather doesn't change a whole lot. It's just <laughs> warm or not warm. <laughs> but yep. uh, man, it's it's four seasons here, so we're having fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Live golf has a, well, kind of has a competitor. We've talked about that a lot. We both love golf. So if you're listening, um, we will find every excuse we can to talk about golf, the business of golf. Um, and it actually just so happens. It's a really cool time in the sport right now with a lot of, you know, absolutely. And if you ever doubted the power of competition, you are literally seeing before your eyes over the last, yes, no, six months and what's going to roll out over the next six months, the power mm-hmm. of competition. For 50 years, the PGA yep. Tour has been unchanged, essentially. Yes. And like, what's interesting is The same rotation, the this, same tournaments. Yeah. And, well, and this doesn't happen in professional sports. I mean, I can't remember the last time this happened in decades and decades in a, in a true professional sport, sports league. And I think a lot of times people who aren't into golf don't realize how big it actually is. Right. So like yeah, if you're not really yeah. into golf, it's not front and center the way football right. or basketball is. But really, like, right. I mean, the the PGA Tour fan base is massive. It's um, huge. And so for this know? big of a disruption to happen in such a big sport is a is a really big deal. Um, and it it split the sport, you know, in, yep. in a lot of ways. You've got traditionalists that didn't want anything to change much. And you've got this mm-hmm. kind of brash new kind of live golf concept. So, yep. The, the update on the PGA side is they've just come out. Tiger flew in. They had the secret players meeting. And yep. basically he's like, hey, we've got to stick together. But guess what? We're going to do a special, you know, bunch of tournaments that have super high price money and it's just the best players. And yep. it's like, hang on a minute. That's what live golf is supposed to be. Yes. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, so just, just when competition is allowed to thrive, things get better. Mm. So golf is going to yeah. get better. And then Tiger and Rory come out with this kind of new concept, but I think it's 20. It's like a one-day event. Yeah. Stadium. Yeah, in so stadiums. In stadiums. So it says, yeah, so uh, technology forward and stage with live audiences could run January through March. Um, you know, they're already talking about broadcasting partnerships. And yeah. it's going to be like, yeah, like a really cool, almost like, you know, the this, the – fodder on twitter is like oh cool so they're just like basically going to televise top golf basically yep. basically is kind of the the idea that's i don't like know it. if that's exactly <laughs> what it is but it's interesting right because you have tiger and rory and they're partnering with this guy who was a nbc sports exec uh let's see what is his name um mike mccarley who you know has mm-hmm. basically been around trying to build and pioneer new sports media companies sports companies right. um and so I think it'll be interesting. And it doesn't seem like they're going to have any, any, uh, they're not going to have a tough time getting buzz or money around no. this idea. It's you know, buzzing so a year old out. So mm-hmm. look, when Live Golf came on the scene, they said, we, you know, Greg Norman's like, we want to grow the game of golf. Right. And everyone's like, this is such a joke. It's not a grow. Saudi money, this and that. Look, yep. golf has grown in the last three months more than it's grown in 50 years because of competition. Yes. So yep. like, like live, don't like live, Saudi money, not like whatever. Competition makes things yes. better. And if you don't learn yes. how to embrace competition 
and welcome mm-hmm. competitive environments in, in kind of anything in life from kids doing yep. running races when they're five years of age right up to you know businesses competing for customers mm-hmm. you know with similar products it the consumer wins products get better services get better mm-hmm. competition is awesome so yep. all this kind of stupid woke like we don't we want to give trophies to everybody like that that is past right thankfully yep. Yeah, that had its, and, had its day and I yeah, think it's, it's it had its so. day and mm-hmm. like everything gets worse when you don't yep. have competitive tension. So right. that's what's going on yeah. in golf. It's awesome. Okay. So if you had to bet hot take time, if you had to bet on Tiger and Rory or live golf, what do you think? I mean, Liv's going to have a head start, right? So next mm-hmm. year they're going to do 14 tournaments. They're only going to get better. They'll get a mm-hmm. media deal some point yep. right now they're just free on youtube which i love there's yep. no commercials mm-hmm. um i think both are going to exist like apple or or google or alphabet yep. right yep android you know or ios yeah you know what's a really interesting comparison we were talking about this the other day actually at um a birthday party i was talking to a guy that was there a dad and he oh that's an ad playing from this article that i had up okay did you hear that <laughs> Did you hear the music coming on or no. was that just me in my headset? Oh, okay. I was like, what is that? It was one of these articles that I had that had a music behind it. Um, no, so I was at a, I was at a birthday party on Saturday uh, and there was a dad there that had an old WWF wrestling t-shirt on. And so nice. I commented on it and it started a convo between all these dads about wrestling. And we started talking about the history of wrestling in America and the WWF and right. WCW. And then they combined right. WWE and like all the different eras um and this in many ways feels similar where like not <laughs> and i don't know how much you know about wrestling in fact i was talking to your son jake about it what's our man randy savage he was, he was like he was jake was like favorite. i remember he was like i remember moving to america and seeing this and being like where have my parents brought me to live that these people <laughs> like this as entertainment right but it was like it's had so many eras of the same sport same yep. entertainment evolving two different directions two different brands that both had different kind of tones and ethos. Mm. And, you know, if for the longest time, it was very divided. I think now they've right. since merged and are right. bigger than ever. But um, right. I'm interested in like, yeah, not what will be more successful, but like, yeah, what demographics will catch on? What demographics will it catch on with? You know, like there's right. this whole world online of these like golf YouTube channels that are like, yep young kids, millions and millions of subscribers. And they already yep. really do. Like they're slowly leaving this whole like PGA world into this live world. So I'm interested to see what happens. That's for sure. That'll be fun. Um, okay. So up next we've got, uh, so there's been, you know, the media industry in general. And, and when I say media, I don't necessarily mean like big mainstream media that we think about, like the big television networks and the big newspapers. We're thinking more, niche mid-level independent media brands right um so you know yeah new media so over the last probably 10 or 12 years those companies said there's been a lot of ups and downs there was the buzzfeeds the tech crunches the what was member mashable was the other big one these these media new media brands that raised hundreds of millions of dollars and couldn't ever find a way to even come close to being profitable and so the media space has kind of been out for most venture investors, like you got to find the right kind of niche investor to really want to go big uh, right. from a media brand investment standpoint. But there has been two massive acquisitions in the space in the last month. One just happened this last week. And what's interesting is it kind of set a new floor for 
media company valuations, um, what they're sold for price multiple wise. And then, and then the cool thing is, is both of these companies took two like wildly different routes. Um, one of them was called industry drive, which I had actually never even heard of. Have you heard of industry drive? Never. You haven't exactly. So you never hear this company. No, not a public. Yeah, so no, not a publicly traded company. They, but what they uh, do is acquired by and former a publicly traded events. Yes, yeah. So they got bought by five hundred twenty-five for five hundred twenty-five million. They they were bootstrapped a hundred percent. So I think they made over hundred. Yep, two hundred fifty, three hundred grand ish at the beginning. Him and the team has been grinding for ten years, building this business. And essentially, what they did was their brand was never front and center. What right. they did was they built industry B2B specific media properties. So newsletters for franchise owners, newsletters for uh, you name the niche business. They would build out these media properties to to build, right? Very quietly. Again, I had never heard of them. You had never heard of them. But they were doing, you know, about $100 million a year in revenue. Uh, 30% margin and which is, yeah, it's a lot of revenue. 30% margin is, you know, not, it's good, not great for necessarily like a SaaS, someone who's in the SaaS world, right? right? I mean, like a SaaS, a good SaaS. Yeah. It's just not, not even comparable. Right. But for a media company, you know, very interesting. They were profitable. So they sell to a, uh, company out of the UK who does massive, uh, events. So business events um for 525 million so valued the company at 389 million which is pretty crazy um and you know i think the founders sold some of their stake to a private equity firm in 2019 but for the most part these founders owned the vast majority of this company bootstrapped the whole way which is pretty pretty incredible sold for 525 million then on the other hand you have axios which made a massive splash um i think in 2016 when they started the founders of that company were the founders of Politico. So they had some experience behind them. They had built a big media property yeah. before. Um, and they came out of the gate. I think they raised like 20 or 30 million in year one. Um, right. And what they essentially did is did the same thing. They did like big like politics and their whole thing was uh, brevity. So how do we be smart, but how do we be short, right? So that was kind right. of how they came to market. Started building out more millennial type market, were they? Exactly. Like they, they yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge number, right? Exactly. So they were huge in bringing back the, you don't need to subscribe to our platform. You subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, you have your right. writer that you subscribe to. And so they've got a great like right. sports writer, politics. And then they started branching out into local. So they would hire like a local beat writer from the Metropolitan right. Desk at the Dallas Morning News hire him away. Right. So they acquired right. some big properties along the way, spent a lot of money. There's been th- their revenue again was expect is expected to reach about 100 million in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um I've read some publications that say they're profitable and other ones that say they are not. So I don't know what really that looks like, but they went the opposite route. Raised a bunch of money, built this big brand and then again just sold uh last week for the exact same amount, 525 million to uh cox enterprises so interesting all well, day old media company and, media yeah exactly so uh just two like pretty much two similar companies in the same space building in two completely different ways 
um, that I thought was a really interesting as someone who's building a media business, it was interesting to look at. Um, and I started yeah. reading a lot about the industry drive and a lot of the commentary there was they were just great executors. They were great. They didn't, right. they weren't splashy. They knew what they needed to do. They knew what profitability looks like. They knew what they, and they, they built a really solid company and nobody knew who they were. And they sold to a company who nobody knows who they are for 525 <laughs> million, which sounds yeah. pretty amazing for a bootstrapped bootstrap founder. That's what we love bootstrapping. Like there's the two, two different ways, right? You can start and grow a business. You can start with a small amount of capital, keep reinvesting that capital, get profitable mm -hmm. as quick as you can, put that money back in, keep doing that for 10 years. And there's a 500 plus million dollar company. Or you go raise 20 or 30 million and you acquire other stuff and you do it that way. Both work. Um, yep. I always favor the bootstrapping. I think that comes through in all the stuff we talk about. Yes. Uh, it's, it's less risk. You keep more of the pie mm -hmm. at the end uh, when you sell. Yeah. And um, if you don't want to sell, you just print the money. <laughs> right. As simple as that. And and you yep. don't have other investors and you pay yourself whatever you want to pay and you bonus yourself every quarter and away you go. Yep. So mm -hmm. um, both work. Yeah. And uh, Yeah. Really fascinating. I just thought it was like, it, it now like literally the exact same amount of money is just a fascinating, yep. fascinating story to yep. look at. Okay. So, um, up next, let's talk about, I want to walk through this with you. So uh, Y Combinator um, has on their website a Series A investment memo template. So I think we've maybe done an episode about like what a pitch deck looks like. And if you've got an idea that you're trying to raise a little bit of money for. Um, now, what we've often said too is that, you know, a deck is great, but like an MVP, a product with a few customers, yeah. you, you have a much right. better shot of raising even a little bit of money with that than you do just, you know, an idea uh, on a sheet of paper. But especially in, uh, in what, this market. <laughs> yeah, especially in this market, right? So my Combinator has a Series A investment memo template that is, I found to be very good, uh, something for me to just like kind of semi-routinely look through and think through regarding the business I'm building, um, mm -hmm. but also just whether, so so they use this for their founders, but also their investors. So. They also encourage investors to go through these questions to really think more deeply about. Do we say what a series A is? Investing in some. That, yes. So that's what I was going to ask. Can you give us just the quick, what is a series A? A series A is typically a, an investment from either an institutional type, you know, venture fund. Um, it's a significant amount of money after product market fit, usually after mm -hmm. revenue, um, not necessarily profitable yet. And yeah. so you've you've taken your seed capital, which could be friends mm -hmm. and family. Um, mm -hmm. You may have done two or three rounds. You might have got an angel investor, right? Mm -hmm. So you're typically talking kind of, well, back in the day, it was like under 500K. Like, you know, the Series A's have grown kind of over the years. But, you know, in my head, under a million dollars, if you're raising like 150K and 200K, to try and get this thing bootstrapped and, mm -hmm. um, you know, show that you have a real business potential here. You know, a series A Can is I, like traditional money coming in at a, call it a million plus, right? Yep. Can I, can we pause there? I want to ask something that you, you just said. So you said raise a couple hundred grand to be bootstrapped. So I think oftentimes when we hear the term bootstrap, what we think is either the founders have used their own money, like there's no outside capital whatsoever. When we say bootstrap, that right. kind of is what we mean, but also what we mean is like you said, 
uh, friends and family, an angel who comes along and says, look, I'm going to help you crawl, walk, and then run. So we're going to just like exactly. do this together. That's also right. bootstrapped where we're going. We're going to just spend the least amount of money as possible to get right. this thing to a place of, of profitability, right? So when you, if you're listening, when you think bootstrap, there's different ways to do it. Obviously, we always say if you have to take no money, no investment, that's the yeah. best way. If you've to got do the it. money you yourself, to get right? To a place. Exactly. Yeah, if you start um, this thing, at some point you're going to need capital. Yep. Um, to to work full time, <laughs> the side hustle only is the side hustle for so long. You can only do so unless much you can there, yeah. get it to profitability with just you, right? Mm-hmm. You can do that. Yeah. Um, yep. the, the thing about raising capital, the only reason you do it is to, is to move faster. Mm-hmm. Like that's the reason you're going to get outside capital, whether it be in seed form, angel form, or, you know, traditional series, A, B, C, D, you're just trying to get moving faster. If right. there's, if there's a new, it's a new idea, you're in the market, there's competitors, you're trying to beat them, right? It's just, it's mm-hmm. just fuel to the fire. That's what this right. capital does. And then you, right. You know, there's, we, we've done a whole other other episodes on how you make sure you don't burn Do that. too much of that fuel and right. keep dry powder for you know rainy days and so on. But mm-hmm. you know, definitely, um, if you've got a, a product or service that you think that you can prove is going to work, you know, like there is so many big successful businesses that started from mum and dad chipping in a hundred k, and you know, uncle Uncle Joe putting in fifty k. Mm-hmm. And that's how you really got moving. So, mm-hmm. um, but Series A, this is like Series A is yes, real an institution is a yeah. whole different ballgame at this point. And you've proven product market fit. You've proven how you can get to profitability. You've proven that this with with this injection of capital, you'll be able to hire three or four more people, redo the website, you know, up up your technology stack back end, like all of this stuff yeah. that you're going to get now. Going if it's not for you to it's not money for the founders to take and spend and buy a house with that comes yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Right? This isn't the moment where your salary doubles and your, yeah, no, this, is, this is like, this is like the, nothing about the founder's world changes except that he's finally, he or she is finally able to stop doing everything themselves and correct. And, and kind of just start bringing on team, bringing help. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. A, B and C are probably like those rounds are all mm-hmm. about reinvesting the business because these uh, yep. investors are giving you this money to grow the business. That's all they're giving it to you for. So yep. you got to go grow the business. Right. So uh, let's walk through some of these. The, the beginning is pretty standard. We've talked about a lot of this, the intro, where they just they say a paragraph for each. And I think, you know, if you're someone who's trying to build a company, maybe you've got a side hustle. And Dean, you tell me if you think differently. But walking through this and and almost like walking through this as a <laughs> as a – as an, as an experiment, exercise. right? Like this thing that you yeah. want to do, pretend that you're two Absolutely. years down the road and force yourself to think about some of this stuff. And right. if you get to some of these questions and don't know, like it's funny, if you want to start a business in a certain area, you should know everything about that area. You should know the competitors, you should know the landscape, and this will force you to do that if you haven't already, right? So, okay, intro, we can go through this part quickly. What do you do? What problem are you targeting? We've talked about this a lot. Um, what is the world? How does the world work now in relation to this problem? How do you solve the problem? How does solving the problem change behavior and make you money? And what is the scale of the opportunity? Anything you want to say about those? I know we've talked a lot about these yeah. the first few. But, and this is the uh, basic of the basic. Here. Mm-hmm. And I, I, this is yep. the basic stuff. And I agree. You, you take these one, two, three, four, five, six bullets. 
you put them down, you write a paragraph under each, and that's the starting point to whether or not this thing is going to fly. And then you start mm-hmm. showing it to people who you trust who, you know, they can give you advice. But yeah, this is the basics yep. and it's fantastic. Yep. Yep. So next we got traction and metrics. Uh, dis- discuss traction up to now. Uh, you know, discuss main related metrics such as churn, ACV, rake. Uh some of the term, do you, like I don't, I don't even know that I can tell you what rake is. I don't even know what some of these terms are. Um, I mean, I know yeah. what churn is. Um, yeah, churn's the big one. I get that SAS metric. Yep. You know. Yep. But it, it's it's really yeah. The metrics, I, uh, uh, you know, you're going to find two or three metrics that you're going to measure your business success on. Um, yeah. We we have two. You know, how many customers did we sign up this month, and how much volume did they process yep. with that? Since day one, they're the only two right. numbers I really care about. Yep. <clears throat> Things like churn, you, yep. you obviously care about later as you build your business. That churn is like when people, you know, drop off being a customer. Mm-hmm. And are there new, enough new mm-hmm. customers coming in and less old customers leaving to make sure that you have, you know, positive growth? But um, right. you just want a basic. Now, as the business grows, you start tracking all kinds of stuff, right? And I have right. meetings hours a week that go through KPI decks that are literally tracking every single thing in the business. Yep. And so yep. probably hundreds of po- points <laughs> that, that, you know, yep. we're looking at, um, and that yep. departmental manager, departmental managers are, you know, focused on and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But in the early days, pick two or three numbers that are really important. Yep. Uh, and it's going to be something like customers and, you know, yep. downloads or whatever. Um, and then, you know, you're, you're off to the race. Right. Yeah. I think too, something that's interesting is, you know, while you're looking at those metrics, especially early days, find out what other people in your industry are using as metrics. Like I've done that time and time again with what we're mm-hmm. doing and gone, okay, do I need to care about this, this or that? And then I've talked to someone who is a company, company similar, and they've given me advice about this. And then I've talked to somebody right. else and I've like, I've gone over this so many times because yeah. I want to know like, what are the different options and directions that I have to go and what really drives the ball forward? I think that's the biggest thing. This is like, curiosity phase just as much as it is building a business it's like learning everything you can right so metrics discuss revenue drivers and what does go to market look like so different revenue streams what really drives that revenue Mm -hmm. um and that's like getting really granular right um and then what does go to market look like uh okay challenges to growth what's prevented you from growing even faster and then how will raising money solve this problem um that's a really good one because i think we think money is going to solve (laughs) <laughs> the problem and, and oftentimes there's some other things we can do and try first right yeah sometimes money is the problem sometimes it isn't mm-hmm. um and and you have to prove the economics prior to putting more fuel in the rocket to to work out whether it, that's actually what you need or you or you mm-hmm. need to build a better rocket maybe um <clears throat> so yeah all, all of those things one thing you touched on that i think is uh interesting you, you know you you said that you'd like to go and talk to other people may not be direct competitors, but you know, they're, you're trying to glean and stuff. I think that yep. you know, as Christians, one of the, some, and we've talked about this before, but sometimes the world does collaboration and, and, um, knowledge sharing better than yes. the church, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. and this has changed since when I used to plant churches, but church planting yep. networks now are very cr- cross-relational and they'll share resources yes. and they'll talk about what's working and what, what it's not. Back in the day, though, you went and planted your church and 
you know, your your competitor, your your enemy was the other church planner yeah. down the road. Yeah. And it's and it's like, no, no, my enemy's, you know, the devil and I'm trying to save souls and I'm trying to yep. preach the gospel. It's not other mm-hmm. people doing the same thing as me, which is exactly good. Um but yeah, I, I just think as believers we need to um act better together when it comes mm-hmm. to things around the kingdom. And and of course, like as a Christian who's trying to grow a business, you have this inbuilt global network of people that believe right. the same thing as you. So mm-hmm. go and and you know, just tap that incredible resource yep. of knowledge. Um like it, you, you you literally have access to experts in yes. in the kingdom of God. Right. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. if you're trying to start up, you know, a landscaping business, the, the chances that there's other great landscapers who are believers also right. that, that could really help you, um, like pick anything and, and just become that person who bugs successful people. And uh, you'll be surprised how much free advice you'll get. Yeah. People are so, so willing to talk about it. And they're actually Absolutely. so willing to talk about stuff that you would think they wouldn't be willing to. I think there's this idea in business that like, there's, we've got to keep all of our, you know, all of our strategies and tactics a secret. And the yep. truth is, is like, look, like everyone's got, everyone's busy. Like everyone's got a lot of stuff going on. Like they're not trying, like, uh, you know, if you're just starting out and you call a founder of some company that's three or four years ahead of you right. in a slightly different space, they're not going to be cagey with you. They're going to just, and if they yeah. are, don't talk to them anymore. But like no. every person I've talked to, literally every person I have talked to, Yep. has given me more information than I asked for Yep, and has literally said, uh, hit me up with any more questions. Like, let me right. know. And, and yeah. none of them I knew before, by the way, before I, I've met all these people in the last year. And so yeah. people are so helpful. Um, I get hit up probably once a week to talk to like a young entrepreneur. And, mm-hmm. and I say, man, I got half an hour. Come with your questions. Yep. You know, yep. and, and well, okay. Was, meeting so let me say that let me say something to that to the younger folks listening so the people that are in my position who have people that they're reaching out to like come prepared this is so granular but it's like so like come prepared you're not just yep. like hey i want to pick your brain and like randomly ramble on like when i do right. this i legitimately have questions that i've written down and thoughts yep. so that i right. can actually go here's exactly what i want to act ask this person um yep. So like when someone does give you that time, like come, <laughs> come ready. Yep. Use, um, use it wisely. It's not just a hang, you know, it's a time to legitimately yep. glean and, and understand. Um, okay. So challenges to growth. Okay. We talked about that market. Who are the customers? How do they think and act? And then how big is the opportunity they represent? We've talked about this a ton, but yeah, that's if you're not thinking about and- yep, all of that stuff, mm-hmm. right? And if you're not thinking about um, your customers, you're not really thinking about the business, right? It's good if you're a customer of something mm-hmm. that you're trying to build. You know, like you know the problem because you're the customer. It's rare for someone to go and solve a problem that they themselves are not facing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of great businesses come out of uh, when people, you know, come up against a roadblock and they're like, man, why is this so hard? Well, if it's hard for me, it must be hard for lots of people. And wonder yeah. how many people this is hard for. Oh, it turns out millions of people this is hard for. So I'm going to go and solve this problem that I initially, uh, you know, like ran into myself. And that's that's going to be the start of my business. That's the best business right. to start right there. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, 
how big is the opportunity they represent? All of that. You know, we, we've talked yeah. a lot about that. Um, future states, what happens to the market as you start to win? And how do you change the market? And where does that lead your company? So this is like the really fun part. Um, and I would say like 95% of what you do as a founder is like what's right in front of you in a lot of ways, but there is that like, okay, what happens when we start to get momentum and what other opportunities does that open? Um, that's a, that's a really, go ahead. Or do I need to pivot? Okay. Favorite word in, in startup land is pivot. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, especially if you're an investor, you're talking to, you know, something you're invested in, they're a year and a half in and they're, it's not working. And they're like, hey, we're pivoting to this. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I don't mind hearing that because it means you're not going to just do the same thing over and over when it's not working. You're going to kind of change mm -hmm. course a little. Um, but, you know, when you start to see this traction of the product and you're starting to see growth and you really, you know, there could be you two, three or four, you know, mm -hmm. you might see some earlier signs than that, but usually it takes a bit. Especially if you want to build something big, like something right. that's, you know, going to really be worth a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, it, it takes a moment. So you got to be ready to adapt on, on the go and keep going as fast as you can. Markets change, um, not just like the stock market or whatever. Like we're going through a downturn and slowing economy right now. That market changes. But sometimes the market mm -hmm. for your product changes. You know, people, younger people kind of didn't want Facebook book anymore they wanted instagram so right. zuckerberg bought instagram and then instagram mm -hmm. was had this subset of you know started off like just being photographers like putting up their yep. photos and you yep. know and then you know over here like this twitter is doing its thing and mm -hmm. and then snap started doing its thing and like wow and then tiktok comes along and blows the whole thing up all of it i know messes them all up number one um i think 11 hours a week Oh my god! Compared to like everything else is piling on for the people spend on TikTok. <laughs> compared to, and I think Snapchat was out like one hour a week. So that is that's crazy. Yep. yep, yep, yeah. So much changes. Um, so it's so important to be thinking about that. Uh, competitive landscape. Uh, what is your competitive landscape, and how do you defeat it? Um, yeah. I think that's. I, I, you tell me. I think different stages of your business you're thinking about this in different ways so for me it's like research understanding it what are the like what are the unique perspectives i think i bring that the others don't and then i think once you start to gain some traction that's when you really start to go okay how do i defeat this this yep competitor sure. right so at the, in the beginning you're just kind of like getting the lay of the land you're trying to understand you're trying to figure it out figuring out your unique perspective. And then at some point it's like, okay, now is the time to, to, to go after them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And look, you know, maybe it's features, maybe it's price, maybe, you know, there's a few things where you can start to differentiate yourself a little bit from your competitors. Um, you you got to work, you got to be careful on price because it can be a race to the bottom. And many a company has been beaten by a larger competitor because they can just wait them out on price. Yes. Right. So, um, yeah, that's, that, you don't go to price first, you go to innovation first that, you know, you build something that's better. And so this better thing can charge, you know, what it can charge to be profitable yeah. and you can even be more expensive than the competitor. Yeah. Not always, but sometimes yeah. because it actually just works better. And yeah. so, you know, like from software, software to lawn service, it's the same principle. 
you know, I, I can cut the lawn faster because I do this, this, and this, and I make sure the edges are tight. Like I do like different things to make sure that I can do that. And maybe someone pays me a 20% premium for that, right, in in certain markets. Um, so those are the comp- the levers that you have to look at to see what sets you apart from your competition. Um, and and then just, like, push on that. Like, once you right. find what what makes you different and better, just go down that road and double, triple mm-hmm. down on those mm-hmm. things. Is that something that you guys over the years have actively done with Tidely where you've looked at competitors and gone, okay, like, is that different for different competitors? Okay, company A, we know that if we can have better, we may not be able to beat them in XYZ just yet, but what we can do is have better customer service. This company, what we can do, you know what I mean? So do you guys even look at it across those different metrics as well? 100%. And you struck on one of them, you know, actually talking to a person was not Mm -hmm. common in uh, church tech. In software in general, you, you just at scale, you just can't talk to everyone. So yep. we, we try to talk to every single customer that comes in the door. And sometimes we don't get a hold of them. They don't want to be getting a hold of, and they just get started by themselves. But we want them to have a face-to-face experience and then ongoing support. We, we spend a lot of time, effort, energy, money on that. And that does give us a competitive adva- advantage over mm-hmm. you know, our competitors. Um, yep. and, and the other thing is just you know having great products that do what they say they do um in, in such a right. way that is delightful to the customer um, right you know really helps and then you know um we 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 went for a segment of the market that price was important we went for small medium um customers and they are very price sensitive enterprise not so much enterprise mm-hmm. you know anything church business they, they're going to pay you know they're going to probably get a couple of quotes from and, and you know but they're not going to nickel and dime you whereas right. smaller uh, if your customer is a small at the smaller end of the of the market, it makes a big difference. Prices, yeah, 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 totally. yeah. Okay, um, team, who are you, and mm-hmm. what makes you special? This is interesting because I think, yeah. especially in the earliest of days, uh, the investors investing in the founder and the team <laughs> just as much Fair as they're enough. investing in anything else. Even in the so latest I think stage, that is like, a massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> okay. This is probably um, other than the maybe IP talk about that just itself. Yep. Other than the Go idea ahead. Sorry, itself, I think we're. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, having the right people, um, in in the beginning is probably the second most important thing, because um, y- you and this is where businesses either really prosper in years two, three, four, and five, because the team is complementary, the skills are complementary, the passion is the same across the board. Um, everybody is, you know, extremely missional in the early days. That That's what is going to get you across the line to, you know, potentially some hyper growth. Um, if, if the founders split, you know, the thing usually dies pretty quick. So mm-hmm. who's on the bus? Uh, is very important in in the early days. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's do let's do these FAQs, and then I think the use of funds we can talk through quickly. Uh, okay, surface the main objections you are likely to face and eloquently knock them down. Data is good here, um, mm-hmm. and this is probably they say this is probably the most important part uh, where the memo is powerful relative to a deck. So they're talking right. about memo versus deck. This is the ability to say, hey. 
I'm going to predetermine what I think your objections are going to be. And I'm going to um, really, in a, in a very smart way, knock those down. Um, that's right. a really good way to be thinking. I think all the time, right? Like yeah. why, yeah. why are, why are people thinking this isn't going to work and how do I, how do I make, make them think differently about it? Right. The, the, the basics of sales is overcoming objections, right? That's like the, mm -hmm. the thing because, mm -hmm. um, and it's like, here's my pitch. And then, you know, I've lobbed that over the net using a tennis analogy, and then they're mm -hmm. going to lob back the objections and then I'm going to lob back the answers and they're going to come at me again. And then I, and whoever wins that kind of match of like overcoming yep. objections with, you know, um, the benefits of what I'm trying to sell you, that's, mm -hmm. that's you're more than halfway to the sale. Right. Yep. Um, okay. Lastly, how much have you raised a use of funds? How much have you raised? And then what are you raising and what are you going to do with it? Um, which seems like it could, uh, could be obvious, but also probably mm -hmm. easily overlooked. Hey, this is exactly where this money is going to go. And this is what we think this money is cool. This is where we think this money is going to get us. 100%. Right? How granular should you be thinking about this? Pretty, pretty granular. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if you're going to raise a million dollars, I want to know what, what's going to happen in the next 18 months with that money Yep. and where you're going to spend it. And it's going to go, you know, in, into people mostly, like mm -hmm. maybe you're hiring mm -hmm. into, into your R&D. Is it going to go into the, you know, like the product, the R&D, building mm -hmm. product, make it better, marketing, you know, are you going to tip a bunch of dollars into Google AdWords? Like, and if you are, have you proven that these search terms are looking for and then have you done the SEO metrics about around it? Like, so mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be, you know, largely people, sales and marketing, which is people and tech, um, to essentially take your, you know, like 500 customers to 5,000 customers and how are we going to get to 5,000 customers? And, uh, and, and, and this is how I'm going to do it. And they're going to go, well, why do you think you can do it like that? Cause like, this is what I did with, you know, a hundred thousand dollars. So now if you give me a million, I'm going to 10 X that. And, mm -hmm. you know, because the market's this big and it's this penetrated and everybody wants what I'm selling and, and, you know, and, okay, here's your check. <laughs> that's how yeah. it works. Right. <laughs> right. Awesome. Well, that's great. Yeah. Um, we'll link to this, uh, article in the show notes too. So if you're listening, you can click through and, and, you know, check this out, uh, in a, in a deeper way, but, um, this was great. Yeah. Awesome, man. Thanks, uh, Dean. Yeah, the thing about right, you know, building a company is, is a lot of times, especially if the, you're the CEO, you've you've got to be really good at raising money because you're always raising money. If yeah. you're building, if you want to scale something that's you know really going to change the world um, and grow and be big, you've always got to be raising money, and that's yeah. you've just got to have that hat ready to put on. Um, usually nine to you know twelve months before you need it, right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should do like, I think there's a lot of, we should maybe do an episode on some of that, like what that looks like more practically. I think we talk about a lot of like the strategy and idea behind it, but uh -huh. even like as much as like, okay, if someone's going to hit Dean up, what, what is not just an idea, but like, what is, what are some of the ways they do that? Like, what are they, what can they say in their first message that makes you go, nah, I'm totally just not even going to talk to this yeah, person yeah, yeah. or like, what does that, I mean, what does that look like? Because I think it's, it's your elevator you know, pitch. Yes. Yeah. What that looks like, sounds like all that. Cool. Yeah. All right, Dean, as usual, I appreciate it.
And uh, we'll see you guys all back here next week. Hit us up on Instagram, email us, ideas. Uh, we got a lot of exciting things coming up over the next weeks and months. And we will talk to you all soon. Later. See ya. <laughs>